what's in G or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. If you really want to see something trashy, look at this. Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. Hey, everybody. I've been asked by MMD. Let's go again. Let's try another conversational garbage cast. And I hope this one will be beneficial to all of you listening. Uh, this is Jason from Up in the Brain. It is Monday, January the 9th, 2017. And I'm sitting here at the home office desk today, surrounded by stuff that will be used in this very podcast. Uh, what we've been doing is I've, I've come up with a topic MMD does not know what the topic is going to be. He listens back to what I send to him, and then he discusses the same topic. Uh, as you know, last time, if you listened in, we did resolutions, and uh, this time he does not know what the topic is going to be. But I have decided I'm going to talk about video games. Uh, my personal history with video games, and I'm surrounded by video game stuff right now. I have four different uh, things or different devices open. In my hand here is my latest video gaming device, my new 3DS, which I got on Black Friday. Uh, and I have open, uh, this is Atari's Greatest Hits 1, which is a DS game, and it's full of Atari 2600 and Atari arcade games. And the game I have pulled up right now is the first video game I really remember uh, playing and I played it on a uh, school trip to a uh, museum, a science museum here in Nashville, the Cumberland Science Museum. Uh, it was called Lunar Lander, uh, and this is on Atari's Greatest Hits One. It's a very difficult uh, game. It's a vector game. I looked it up. It came out in August of 1979, which is probably very close to when I first played it. It must have been around September or October of '79. I'm sure I had been around other video games uh, beforehand, but this is the one that really sticks out. Um, I just uh, unpaused here. I don't know if you can hear this. There's not much sound to Lunar Lander. Um, let's see, I am... Oh, maybe hear that. My, th my jets are being thrusted. Okay. Now they're very slow speed. I am already in going down into the cavern here. And basically what you do is you just land your lunar lander into a cavern, and you hope to do it before you run out of gas. You can have very, uh, I don't know, you can have very uh, difficult landings. You can have easier landings. I'm doing the easier landing so I get less points. I have already crashed once, so uh, you can tell I'm not exactly great at this. Uh, but uh, I don't seem to slow myself. Oh, I'm right on the, I'm going to die. I think I'm right on the edge here of death. Oh, I'm right on the corner. I died. I died. So that was my first uh, experience with, um, let me get out of that real quick. So I can figure out. That's the odd thing about this is it's very hard to figure out how to uh, how to end the game, so we'll just we'll just close out completely out of that. So yes, that was my first experience, and now sitting here next to me, I have a uh, this little this little device here. You can hear the joystick going. This is my um, a few years back, I guess 2008, 2009, uh, for Christmas. Out of nowhere, my mother said, "I have a Christmas gift for you." She had seen this on QVC. This is one of those you hook up to the TV, and you can play old video games. Um, it has a like an arcade style joystick, two gigantic buttons, just like you would have 
uh, on arcade games and uh, I'm turning it on right now I think the TV it needs to be turned on so let me turn the TV on uh, this this guy uh, has Pac-Man Galaga I think it has Dig Dug uh, we're coming up on the menu right now uh, I wanted to talk about this because it's my second a real arcade experience and that was Pac-Man uh, I guess it was in 1980. Uh, the first time I saw Pac-Man was at the local grocery store called Kroger. And it was at the old location in my hometown. And um, it was right up by customer service. You came into the store, and on the left side you could go to the drugstore next door, which was Super X. Kroger didn't have their own drugstore inside the store. There we go. Turn the volume up a little bit. Here I'll probably die immediately. So you would either turn left to go to Super X, or you would turn right to go into Kroger. And right there was customer service. I still remember it, it was right there on the... Uh, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, no, I'm not. Ha, 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 ha. It was right there on the left as you walked down the aisle to go into the actual grocery. Oh, he tricked me. Oh, he almost got me. And I would sit there and I would play that for hours, it would seem like hours, my mother would be shopping for groceries and I would ask for quarters and I would play Pac-Man. And I would watch other people play Pac-Man. A lot of the high school kids played Pac-Man. Uh, so I would watch them play Pac-Man. So this game always brings me back to those memories. And then memories of Showbiz Pizza Place. There uh, Anywhere you could find arcade coin-op games. I'm about to clear this board, but I th I'm shocked that I haven't died yet. I cleared the board. It's amazing. 37 years of playing this game, and I can still uh, at least clear the first board without getting eaten. My luck always does run out, though. It, it never really keeps long. Oh, and I just uh, I just accidentally turned it. Oh, my batteries died. Well, that is a sign. The the that is a sign saying please go on to something else because this isn't an hour long podcast. Uh, I've never changed the batteries in this. In 2009, it's all, it still has the original batteries, and that shows you how much I play it. Because I have most of these games on my laptop where I can play them anytime. Now, but the main game on here that I used to play all the time is Dig Dug. Um, when I got braces, the orthodontist office had a coin-op machines, uh, a little room of coin-op machines, and I would play in there. And uh, Dig Dug is a game I could just continue to play forever. I never, I could go around after, I would just stop playing out of boredom. I don't know, you know, if that means I was good at Dig Dug, or I just, it, it sort of synced with my um, weird uh, thought process, I guess. Dig Dug and I, we, we were in sync. Uh, another game I really enjoyed from those coin-op days was Galaga. It's also on this stick here. It's also in my DS, uh, my 3DS. I have the Galaga cartridge that has Galaga, Pac-Man, and several other games on it also. But uh, I've realized I have forgotten the patterns over the years. I used to know the patterns, and I could play and, and shoot everything in the bonus rounds and all that stuff and, and get pretty far in the game. And now I have just, uh, those that part of my brain has melted away. <laughs> so... Um, so, another thing I've been doing lately on my iPad, which I have right here, handily enough. Uh, let me go into that. They have a game called, um, let's go to it, it's Pinball Arcade. Um, every month they have free, four free games you can play if you can deal with the annoying pop-up ads. I'm playing Taxi right now, which is a, um, a mechanical. I guess, is, is this a mechanical? This kind of mechanical? No, it's not a mechanical, because it's got all kinds of stuff in it, but it's a... Uh, I wonder how old Taxi is. Let's see. Does it tell you? No, I guess I've already uh, 
got, got it where you can't see that anymore. Instructions, are your instructions? I don't remember when Taxi came out. Definitely not a mechanical. There's a mechanical on here. Let's start it. And this is just like playing pinball in the uh, in the arcade. You you push the different sides of the screen for the flippers. Um, it's just crazy how accurate it seems. I used to be really good at uh, Taxi and Pinbot and uh, Space Shuttle, all those pinball games. I used to really enjoy playing them. The movie theater had a lot of them, even all the way through when I was in high school. They had a big selection. You don't see pinball much anymore uh, out in the wild because I guess it's hell to maintain. Uh, the rubbers, the uh, flippers, you know, things can just get screwed up and uh, vendors don't want to fool with it, I guess. I don't know. You used to see a lot of pinball machines. Of course, this isn't the true experience playing it virtually, but this is as close as I have come to, uh, you know, kind of reliving the pinball experience. Even though I had a Williams pinball uh, for the DS and for the Wii, it's not as good as this because you can really see the play field uh, right up close. So uh, I've always enjoyed pinball. So hopefully, uh, you know, is that enough uh, video gaming history? Well, there's another game I've been playing a lot of lately. Just in the last few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, they had a sale at Steam on a, a game called City Skyline, which is an advanced version of SimCity. I always liked SimCity. A few years back, I bought the new SimCity. Everybody was so disappointed with it. You had to be online all the time. Now they've taken all that crap away. Um, but City Skyline is very complex for me. Uh, I just, I don't have a lot of free time, you know, to sit around and learn a new game. So I kind of got frustrated with it, and I reinstalled SimCity, the newest version of SimCity, which now you can get like, I think they like basically give it away. You can get it for like five bucks, nine bucks. I think I paid 40. But they've done a lot of changes in it, and it's very, um, it's to my, I don't know, is, it's, is it slow paced? <laughs> I am playing it in sandbox mode, which means I have all the uh, I have all the cheats enabled. Let me start it back up here. Uh, time is moving again, and I go really slow. I just like to see how the city works. I have all the stuff turned off. I have the sewers turned off. I have um, disasters turned off. Fire turned off. I just like to zoom in and see the building. I have myself making a ton of profit, $30,000 an hour, because uh, I'm cheating. <laughs> but I just wanted the laid back, I wanted to fool more with the city design and go really slow and have a very small town and a lot, not a lot of complaining. You can turn on this thing, it'll nag you to death. Here's, life's good, I'm saving up money to buy a bigger house. Um, I had a guy ask for a church, I put in a church. I had a guy ask for a school, I put in a school. Uh, since I don't have fires on, nothing ever burns, uh, I have good roads, there's not a lot of traffic. I only have 797 people who live in my town right now. I'm keeping it extremely small, but I have a lot of construction going on. I don't know how I did Oh, I put some commercial up by the main highway. I have more power than I could ever need. I have more water than I could ever need. Um, I just like to watch it <laughs> more than anything else. She, uh, someone's complaining this area isn't so healthy, but I have health turned off. And I could put in a hospital, I guess. Let's put in a hospital together. Let's see. There's a clinic. And there's a hospital. I guess I could just do a whole hospital because it doesn't really matter. Let's do that. Boom. 
Now we have a hospital. Pretty cool, huh? And I still had one death per day, even though I did not, um, I have illness turned off. It's very strange. I guess, you know, we're still killing people over at Jason's uh, SimCity. So, yeah, it's just, it's just something I enjoy doing. It's, uh, I like to just, I don't know, I need the escape sometimes. And video games have always offered me that escape from reality. Uh, it's been, you know, it's nice. I only play, um, school has started here in SimCity. Let me see if I can angle around and see, uh, I probably don't have enough school buses for everybody, but uh, I can rectify that. I only play maybe 10 or 15 minutes a day with SimCity. I kind of come in, I check on my, oh, there's the kids all walking into the school. How crazy. Teaching 23 students. Um, so it's something fun. It's something different. So that's what video games is to me. It's been a part of my life for many years. My first console was the Atari 2600. Um, and I kept that for years. I did. I never got a Nintendo. I never upgraded to anything uh, else. I got a Super Nintendo not long after we got married because we were off. We had moved off, and we needed something to um, entertain ourselves with, I guess. So, um, and I've had the Wii, which is right here, and I have the Wii U in the living room. And I probably won't do the Switch. The kids have outgrown it. I've kind of moved on to these other games. Uh, the thing that really, uh, the DS, I, I'm not sure about it. Uh, I got it because it was Black Friday special, and it's really nice. It has a lot of cool features on it, uh, but I think my 2DS was probably sufficient for the uh, casual gaming that I do. So it's highly possible I may sell this guy off and uh, just you know, continue to play my 2DS, move everything back to it, because this is a little more, it's a little more hardware than I need, you know, but, um, that's it, that's, uh, that's video gaming, that is video gaming from Jason, I, uh, hope, MMD, you have, a, I'm sure your history of video gaming will be a little bit different, you're a little bit younger than I am, uh, but in some ways, I'm sure it will be quite similar, so, uh, without any further ado, I'm not going to flush it this time. I'm just going to toss it over to MMD. Check, check, one, two. All right. Thank you, Up in This Brain. Let's get this train a-rolling. So today's discussion is about video games. And actually, funny enough, some of our, our video game tastes, filmography? I don't know. What do you call it? Our, our video game gaming history. Uh, does kind of overlap. I too had a dentist that uh, had a classic uh, an Atari cabinet, like it seemed. Um, it had asteroids and a few other ones. It was one of those like tabletop cocktail arcade machines. And it's just so weird that it was at the orthodontist. Or is it the dentist? Dentist. De yeah, because he got hit by a tire and he died. Long story. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I remember playing SimCity. Well, not really SimCity, but um, by the time I was a kid, it was uh, Maxis put out, what is it, Sim Hotel or something? Um, you, you, yeah, you, you ran and operated a, a hotel, uh, you simulated one, it was like an office tower slash hotel, and you could have like commercial use, restaurants. Uh, things like garbage dumps, subway stations underneath, and that would dictate how many stars you got. And I remember getting super deep into trying to five-star my hotel. And, and from then on, I just I loved the idea of 
those sim games, but I was never really good at them. Um, I also, you know, my gaming history is just kind of weird. Um, I had an NES back when I was a kid, but being from immigrant parents, um, you know, those, those things were bloody expensive. So you didn't have like, I, I remember we had a collection of games that were considered to be like some of the worst games that you could possibly own for the NES. So I had like, you know, most people had Mario. I had games like this one. I'm doing something weird here. I'm gonna play the audio through. I, I don't have a video game console set up. So what you're hearing right now is the audio for Solar Jetman, which was, you, you flew around in this pod and you had to recover all of your warship pieces. And so you were thrustering around spaceship environments and there were like turrets and stuff and you had to navigate these caverns and try to like crane out pieces of this stupid warship. But it was like, you know, despite being an NES game, you had to like deal with space physics because there was like very little gravity and you like, th there it is. It just, it just picked up one of the pieces. And so you had to jet around to go forward or to go up, but you also had to like lay off the thrusters because you could easily just slam into a cavern and die. It was incredibly difficult, incredibly impossible. And yeah, like most lists consider it one of the worst all-time games for the NES for being incredibly difficult. Let's go on to the other one. All right, here we go. Wait, it fucked up. It didn't start at one. Here is another game that I had, Fester's Quest. Now you're thinking to yourself, how, how could this be bad? It's a Adam's Family tie-in, you know? It can't obviously be a terrible game, but it was this RPG and you played as that fat, bald asshole, Fester, and you just kept like going into houses looking for the Adams Family, and it was usually just like the two children. So it was kind of just like, you kept barging in on these children in like different houses in the world, and you fought these like, fucking ridiculous frog things. And if you died, you had to start all the way back at the beginning. And like, it's just like the those creepy ass children like giving you things like vice grips and shit, like TNT. And you had to quest around and get this crap from them and go into the like, up and stairs, down and stairs in buildings. And you like had to use all of your inventory to like go through the sewers and shit. and. It was just incredibly difficult and nonsensical, and there was no like save. There was just a password system, so you progressing was impossible. And you fought rats and like other ugly ass things, and you were just this fault, this bald asshole, right? It's just stupid. Like, why did he have to do any of this crap? There was no purpose to it. That's Fester's Quest. What other games did I own? I owned this other stupid ass game called like Fans Axidude. Let me just get it going. Now, 
let's just talk about this for a little bit. Fans acts to do. You know what? Fuck it. Let's get this game on and going. It's just music. Fantaxidude is a side-scrolling action-adventure game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Developed by Hudson Soft and released in 1987. You know, it was actually a sequel to a game uh, called Xanadu, and the title is a portmanteau derived from Famicom and Xanadu. But it was like really basic RPG. You had to like go and buy keys from jerks and like everyone's just sitting around being poor and like you had to go learn karate so you can go like kick people's asses better and eventually you learn magic and shit but most of it as a kid you didn't know what the fuck was going on you were just like jumping around just hoping to not die trying random ass keys and random doors I was like Eight, I did not know anything that was going on, and I fought these jumping, stupid skull things with one giant bug eye, and you just constantly, every level, fighting these stupid things with your dumb knife, unless you got enough gold to go back and buy a better weapon, or like, you know, equip yourself better. And it was also one of those like code games, so if you forgot the password, you were screwed, you had to redo it all over again. I don't, like, May have had a save system, may not have. Yeah, that was like fans, fanzaxadu or what? Fanazanadu. Also, just like way beyond my difficulty level. But you kept getting these games for Christmas, and you were like, "Well, I guess it's either this or go outside and play or watch paint dry." So you you just kept throwing yourself at these difficult ass games. What else did I have? I had okay. Here's another one, Airwolf. This game was based on the popular 1970s-ish TV show, I think. I don't know, I don't fucking wasn't born then. And you flew this helicopter because this one eye patch dude told you to go fly this helicopter and go save these people. You fly around in this stupid helicopter and you fight planes, and you shoot them down, and you hope to God they don't kill you so that you can go to the base, and the map of the base is on the, like, the center screen, but you don't know if you're at the stupid base yet. You, you just shoot and you hope to not die. And then you could just like hope that you got to the base on time, and you hope that you pick up the people. And then you pick them up, and if you pick up enough people at enough bases, that's the mission. I, you know, none of these games were pleasant. And cartridges at the time were like $80 or at least like $100 per cartridge. So as a result, my parents and pretty much anyone else couldn't like could just sit there and buy you games so you, you got what you got and you had to play them um and they didn't know what was good they just went to consumer distributing and filled out a form and, and got a game or you get like games from relatives who don't even know what, what you like to play so you just hope that you got something it was only until like 
20 years or 15 years later, I bought games that I could actually play and liked. Um, but yeah, that was like my first real introduction to video games. And as a result, I didn't really play many until like I finally saved up $200 in like grade seven or six and got a Nintendo 64 or something. And then I just played like GoldenEye. Um, so like as a result of, of having only Nintendo systems, I never really got to have any of those shared, you know, quintessential gaming experiences that people were having, um, on the PlayStation's like series of consoles. So while, you know, there's the one fact I'm, I'm, I'm used to all these terrible games and just getting frustrated and stop playing them. And then I also wasn't really good with multiplayer gaming. So by the time I, I got around to having multiplayer gaming experiences, because I had like a, a GameCube, Nintendo 64, and then after that was a Dreamcast. And let's be frank, I didn't have many, very many friends to play multiplayer games. I never owned an SNES, so I completely missed the boat on that too. Um, the only like grand video game experience I had was um, when I finally got an Xbox 360. And, you know, there was like big AAA game experiences that I, I never got to share with people. Um, my only experience with the Grand Theft Auto, which is one of my favorite games of all time, is GTA V. So I had no idea of, of open, how great open world sandbox games were. Um, the first one I did play was actually um, Red Dead Redemption. That's one of those games where I, the learning curve for me was steep. So I actually, I owned that game in four different iterations. I bought it and then I didn't like it because I couldn't figure out how to play these like modern games. Um, so I returned it and then I bought it again, but it wasn't the right version because this was also my first experience with, like, with DLC content. Um, I didn't get the bonus power-ups that you needed to really be effective. Um, at least for me, which was like one of those uh, really fast Best Buy horses. Um, but then once I, I finally figured out how to, the mechanics of horse riding and, and how to use like modern controllers, because I was only used to like N64, which had that really broken uh, stick button experience. Um, I finally figured it out. That was like, I, I bought and sold the game four times by that time. And then I, f I finally kicked in as to how awesome open world sandbox games were. Um, and, and really how awesome it is to just fuck around. So I missed like, you know, all the other iterations of GTA. So when I finally got to play Grand Theft Auto, I was like, ah, this is what everyone's like crazy about. And I never really understood it until I finally played it for myself. There's something very zen about 
just driving around and fucking around and listening to the radio. Um, and there's so many games that try to replicate that fun doing nothing, but somehow they don't quite get the 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 elements correct. And, and Grand Theft Auto does it in that big blockbuster movie style that finally culminates in this this fifth one um, with the heists and, and that kind of stuff. It's just it's just something about it that I I I've I owned it on 360. I played it for like two years. I I left it for an entire year, and then I've come back to it. And I put up with the fact that it wasn't a full version of the game. They didn't have the 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 quintessential heists in it till fairly recently, like only till like last year, and. They re-released it for Xbox One, and it's only a complete game now, and now I love it even more than I did then. Um, and there's just something about it, like, there's something about it that no other game does just quite as well. Um, I, I, I can spend hours just looking at my, my virtual crime operation and seeing like the the crazy expensive exotic cars that I own and and all the cool property that I could you know I, I sit there and I pour over stats and and even when I get in there I, I, can, I can just spend hours just doing nothing driving around and listening to DJ Kenny Loggins play me some smooth yacht rock and I'm just I'm transported to another world and there's no way you can get me back. There's no there's no thing on this universe that can pull me back to the the regular day world. It's just it's this weird escapism that it just makes it my absolute most favorite game. And there's like a bunch of games that I love on the 360, Mass Effect uh, for for different re reasons. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, as I said, even Saints Row, which does the exact same thing, but in a more cartoony superhero way, that there's just nothing like it out there. It's just, oh, and I, I can pick up that game after years of not playing it, and as long as multiplayer still exists, I, I played zero of the, the single player, mind you. I did not I did the tutorials, and that was it. Um, and and there's no game that I've sunk as many hours into playing, just, just fucking around. And it's it has to be my favorite all-time personal video game. So, with that said, I'm going to leave you with um, audio excerpts of, of DJ Kenny Loggins just spouting his drivel and just imagine just driving around in your fully customized stolen or hot car that you bought with your illegitimate money robbing people or game glitching and just imagine listening to Don Johnson's heartbeat and just zenning out. Here we go. So, 
for MMD. This is another garbage cast conversation. Hope you enjoy it. I'm still trying to figure out the tricks of this format. I hope all the audio came through on my mixing board just right. If not, you can direct your audio complaints to your garbage at throwinthetrash.com. Another garbage cast is in the can. Dump it. Songs for stealing away, stealing a kiss. I'm Loggins, your DJ. Let's take control of our destiny, and these tracks will guide you. I just know it. In the land of Vinewood, the tide changes every day. But great music stays with you forever. Kind of like a tattoo you got on your lower back after too many wine spritzers. Can you feel this music? If not, our plastic cultures numbed you to the core. Grab yourself a girl with two first names. Look her in the eye and mouth the words to these songs with real meaning on your face. You can't do that with techno. Guitar solos can be very healing. Drum solos, not so much. But it's a great time to go get another beer and go get your head straight. Rock, weather, news, commercials, everything you need in life. And some stock advice from me, Captain Loggins. I'd say invest in fool's gold, also known as tech stocks. Anything worth 